Hey, this is Bobby. This is Jared. And here we are at um, the Frankincense Podcast. Yeah. Man, it feels good to, to be recording another one. Yeah. So, how you doing, man? I'm good because we're in my house, and I'm feeling pretty relaxed. We're way out uh, at the end of a gravel road, and uh, no one else around. Just deer, goats, some kids. My beautiful wife. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's cool, man. I, I definitely, I love coming out here. It's such a beautiful, beautiful spot. And you might hear a, a bell in the background on occasion. Those are the goats. It is. They are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome to be out here in this, <laughs> in this spot. Um, so we've had some um, good conversation recently, uh, Jared and I have. and uh, But yeah. we almost, also, we, uh, we ran across um, a report recently through um, a magazine that I think both of us enjoy mm-hmm. um yeah the, relevant magazine yeah relevant yeah. magazine that uh yeah. and there's a great podcast relevant podcast i'm gonna shout them out we, we don't we don't have any affiliation with them no but i love that podcast um so if you ever listen if you want to listen to other podcasts that are um, better than this one um <laughs> relevant podcast is a good one um but we we listened to that one and um but there was an article that was shared about a um a, a pretty prominent yeah. uh, pastor. Yeah. Um, I'm not supposed to laugh, but I, I know what you're about to say, yeah. and I'm going to laugh. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. I, um, John, I believe John Gray is his name. This um, is no laughing matter. Yeah. I, um, John Gray is a pastor, and he uh, he's a, he's the pastor of Relentless Church. Um, and honestly, I, I don't – all I know is that John Gray used to work with Joel Osteen. Okay. Um, was pretty close with him. All right. I, I th- I'm assuming they still are. Um he moved from working with Joel Osteen into Relentless Church, and um, there's been a lot of "quote unquote" controversy over some of the yeah. things that John Gray has chosen to do recently. Um, uh, earlier in the year, I believe it was in January, um, he bought a two hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini for his wife. Okay, it was a birthday present. Mm-hmm. It was a celebration. Um, I mean, hey, awesome that he has two hundred thousand dollars to lay down. On a Lamborghini like that, I mean, uh, that's kind of cheap for a Lambo. Yeah, I don't. It was probably I don't know, probably on Craigslist. Um, Um, I don't know. You're a pastor, Bobby. You, (laughs) your wife, you haven't bought your wife a a Lamborghini yet, Uh, because I think I'm failing as a pastor. Obviously, I think uh, apparently I'm doing something wrong. You got to monetize this this (laughs) preaching thing. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, back to Reverend Gray. Yeah. So um, so he so he came under fire for that, but then also. Um, so because of some of the things that have been happening, so also mm-hmm. Relentless Church had bought a $1.8 million home for them. Um, and we're going to be getting to that in a second, some of the reasons why they bought that or felt that they needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently the, a local uh, newspaper kind of ran an article saying some, some things about that. Like, wait okay. a second, you know, this guy has, you know, there's a Lamborghini that he bought for $200,000. Um, there has been some renovations needed at the mm-hmm. church, and he called upon his church members to – to to put their money together to help fund right. the the change the the renovations um, mm-hmm. the the or even some repairs I think there was a leaky roof or something like that I don't know but um so he called on him and he, I guess he offered up five hundred dollars or something like that to kind of help with the process that's kind of the report okay. that was out yeah um and so so that's what the, that's what the, I knew that uh, there were, um so he was upset or felt hurt by the newspaper I didn't really know that that's what it was it was just calling him out on 
personal spending. I think I think calling him out, but also yeah. calling the church out. Calling and, the church out. And, for, then, and yeah. then also recognizing that around that church, the neighboring mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. Um, there are some people who are in need. Yeah, I mean, forget even the church building. It's like, you know, the people themselves. But, okay, go on. Yeah, so um, so the report came out. The newspaper came out of, I believe it was like Greenville News or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually, I should probably know that because that's that's something I should probably give credit to. Yep, the Greenville News. So um, it was an article that was written on January twentieth of twenty nineteen. So if you ever want to go onto the Greenville News website, mm-hmm. greenvilleonline dot com, you can actually find this news article about this. But okay. <clears throat> but anyway, um, because of this, uh, the pastor who was leading the church before John Gray came. Apparently, um, she came under fire. I don't, I don't know her name. Um, I, I haven't done that research. Probably should have before I came on here, but I'm not worried about that. Yeah. Because what, um, what I'm kind of um, struggling with in this is that um, apparently she had come under fire from Greenville News, and she came back to visit the church and to kind of address yeah. uh, the the things that have been um, shared. Kind of um, take up for him, right? Yeah, yeah. so um, her name is Hope Carpenter. She led the church. So this is coming from Relevant, Relevant Magazine's article on April 2nd of 2019. So again, go on to relevantmagazine.com. You can look this up. Um, but it says that Hope Carpenter, who led the church for 30 years with her husband, Ron, before moving to San Antonio. So she came as a guest pastor, um, to Greenville, South Carolina, to speak at Relentless Church. And the words that she shared towards Greenville News, because she was upset um, that they were addressing these issues with the church, addressing these issues about John Gray, um, she closed her sermon with Pastor Gray and his wife in the background. Um, and she basically said, you know, she was addressing the issues, saying that, hey, look, you know, um, don't, like, you don't, you can attack us you can do whatever but but watch out don't say these things and she's pretty fired up about this report and she used these words i cut people (laughs) i got a knife right in that pocketbook greenville news come on so she's (laughs) so technically she's threatening this news this news um, organization Yeah. yeah um but then she says we done went through this i'm still here and guess who else is still going to be here and she points at um reverend gray at reverend gray and his wife and now, so the reality of it is, is like now you have this pastor who is being probably paid a pretty good amount of money too, um, who moved to San Antonio, come back to address this news um, company who had already been raising issues about some of the ways that this church is doing things. Yeah. And apparently, people in the in the congregation cheered. I know well, about that. Yeah, I looked at the video and I I thought that I heard cheering, and then I thought that I heard some. Some murmuring that was less like cheering and more like noticeably uncomfortable. Yeah. And I saw that Reverend Gray sort of walked away in sort of that, uh, not an angry way, but sort of that moment where somebody catches you off guard and they've said something that makes you want to go like, oh, no, you know, like, (laughs) no, you didn't kind of thing, you know. And so he kind of walks away and then walks back. But it looked to me like it was a little bit uncomfortable for him, you know. Yeah, Yeah, I think, um, yeah. But at the same time, though, like... I think he's already wondering like what will be the fallout of that comment. <laughs> That's what I got from his body language. But yeah, you know, and I mean he's already under fire as it is, and he's already being kind of a spotlight is on him for that spending. And again, I'm not knocking him for buying an expensive gift for his wife. Mm-hmm. Like 
I haven't even heard one sermon by him. I don't know, you know. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty neutral on him. Yeah. See, so, I, I've heard him preach. Yeah. Um, he he's preached it. Um, I believe. I could, I I don't remember where I've heard him preach. I want yeah. to say he spoke at um, Elevation Church at one point in time. Sure. Um, but I, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. But um, but I know that I've heard him preach, and when I've heard him preach, he has a very powerful voice. Mm-hmm. He has a very um, he is a. Uh, he is very much in the power of the Holy Spirit kind of guy, like where it's like, and, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit empowers us to do things. Mm-hmm. But he's very much a, uh, it, it very, it feels very much prosperity, um, yeah. very much a um, name it, claim it kind of idea, yeah. um, and, and that's that's where they come from. Now, again, I do have a struggle with that theology. I've yeah. shared that before. Sure, um, it does because it doesn't match up with the gospel. Nope, <laughs> but he does preach that way and so now for me like but again i'm not going to knock him buying a two hundred thousand dollar vehicle for his wife Mm -hmm. what i am gonna because the thing is too is like when we think about getting married i mean i don't know i I didn't buy a two hundred thousand dollar ring for my (laughs) wife right but at the same time like you know it's it's in the thousands the ring yeah um is that necessary Mm -hmm. no but (laughs) at the same time i wanted to do it why because She's special, right? I mean, she's my wife. Yeah. Um, now, if I had $200,000, I don't know if I'd spend $200,000 on my I don't think it, And I'm pretty positive <laughs> my wife would kill me if I did that because she'd be like, wait a second, we have bills to pay. And she would probably say, and there's other people who could use that money. You know, I like, haven't even bought my house. Um, I haven't even bought my wife a house that cost $200,000. Yeah. The whole house. Yeah. And in fact, I'm not trying to flash my cash around here and, you know, show you what, what kind of you know dollar bills i'm throwing around but uh my wife now drives a gray toyota minivan that when i bought it costs over nineteen thousand dollars what yeah and you call yourself a christian yeah okay that's messed up no yeah uh, (laughs) no but so toyota um no so we have to think through this process yes um so the troubling comment from her was, I cut people. Come on, Greenville News. We've been here before. Right. Now, okay, if you've been here before, <laughs> that's a problem. She's had trouble with Greenville News in the past. I yeah. guess probably when she was living there. <laughs> yeah. It's all about perspective, right? And, sure. And, and, and now perspective carries a lot of truth, too. Like, yeah. So you have to be wise about that. Now. Yeah. When in scripture, it tells us to be above reproach, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're being called out in the news and we aren't really being able to, and we aren't being transparent enough to say like, look, this is, this is, everything is on paper here. Mm -hmm. This is what you see. And the church wants to do this. Like, this isn't like me telling them to do this. It's, this is what they do. Like, you can't blame a pastor for that. Mm -hmm. But to say, I cut people when they report things against me. Because right. that's pretty much what she was saying. Right. You're reporting things against us. I cut people and I have a pocket knife in my notebook over there. It's like, you have a knife in your notebook <laughs> for protection. Get it. Yeah. But you don't go threatening no. news article or news organizations because they're saying things against you. Yeah. Although that does sound very um, – it it's kind of sounds like the thing to do nowadays. It for, does. For it does. That's, that's probably where I'm coming from in this um, I, I'm just laughing because um, I, I don't want to, but it was just such an outrageous thing. And I don't think, I, let me just clarify this. I don't think that, um, 
I'm not coming from the perspective of somebody's actually in danger from this woman. I do not believe that. No. I do not believe no, not that, that someone over at, um, you know, over at the uh, newspaper <laughs> is terrified of, you know, of this woman. I don't think anyone feels threatened or is afraid, you know. Right. I, I'm coming from the perspective of um, she has jumped on to, she, she's jumped on to the bandwagon of... Uh, put down the news, you know, and mm. and look and and make news media into an enemy. When, in fact, all that was really done here was they they drew attention to to facts, and and it's not even stuff you have to dig through the trash to find. I mean, you you, you know, uh, newspapers publish uh, home sales. You know, yeah. everybody in in this town knows if I. Uh, buy a house. If I close on a house, it's in the newspaper. So you can, it's easily researchable. And you can go to the courthouse and find out many of these things, you know. Yeah. Um, it's not too hard to look at a Lamborghini and Google it and find out how much it costs. So it's not like they really had to fight dirty to, you know, find out these facts. But I, I think what the newspaper did <laughs> was probably uh, just call attention to this behavior and ask, does it sync up uh, with... Um, the traditional values that uh, Christians are are supposed to to follow, mm-hmm. and just drew attention to the truth, you know. Yeah. And so the position she's taken is, <laughs> let's fight the news. The news is the enemy here. Yeah, and and let's make this clear too. The news didn't have to do any research for the Lamborghini piece because John Gray made a big Instagram post about it. Oh, so they didn't even really have to like. <clears throat> oh no, he, he oh, okay. He he showed off. Right. Like, well, and, and I think that that goes true with the the type of um, and I and I just said I'm, I'm very ignorant, but it, it, from what I understand of prosperity gospel, this goes right along with it. It's a mm-hmm. little bit like, look how much uh, God has blessed me. Yeah, you know, showing that I have this favor. Yeah, you know, yeah. because I have faith. Yeah, you know, um, which goes against the whole idea of, of really what Jesus said when sure. What, what does it really look like when you're blessed? Um, actually, I just preached on this last Sunday. Okay. So um, if you if you're ever interested, go to New Community Facebook page. You can see a, a recording of my sermon from last Sunday. Yeah. But that's whatever. And if you want, donate because I can buy a Lamborghini for my wife. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. No, I, <laughs> it's but, not gonna happen, guys. No, don't no, worry. No, don't worry. That would <laughs> yeah. never happen. But yeah. I, but like, so I yeah, this is exactly what happened. Though. This news report said. Um, this doesn't match up with what we see or what we've heard the gospel's supposed to be. Yeah. And how come you feel like it's necessary uh, to spend that much money on a vehicle mm-hmm. like that? How come you feel like it's necessary to... The, the challenge, too, was you buy a $1.8 million home for your pastor. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I saw, and we're going to talk about this, too, because this is from a December a story in December from the Greenville News... Um, what they said was this house was bought and they said the reason why they bought it, church leaders said the relentless owned home, because it's owned by the church, was needed to attract a leader of Gray's caliber. Right. This is a weird thing. Very. Yeah. Very. Because the house in the Southampton community, this is from the report, um, community in Simpsonville is 7,247 square feet. Yeah. Consistent with the size and value of about 25 homes in the community. Mm-hmm. So one home consistent with the size and value of 25 homes in the community. We want to incentivize the best pastor to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As if the best Christian pastor is going to sign on for <laughs> the church 
you know, uh, with the biggest parsonage. Yeah, dude, I'm just trying to find, I'm just trying to have a church that'll help me pay for medical insurance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, they would like, if they could, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, um, you know, that's, the, I'm not going to talk about our church financial issues, but I'm looking at yeah. this going like, dude, a $1.8 million home, I know pastors who live in parsonages that are only like $250,000, you know, yeah. maybe even less than that. Oh, yeah. And, and, and they're being kept up by the church and whatever, I get that. But one point eight million dollars sure. to purchase a home to to attract a, a pastor leader of Gray's caliber, right? Like he's a CEO, <clears throat> right? Right. What does that mean? Right. And 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 what does that mean to other pastors too? Because now you're like, well, to, like wait a second, like it's almost like why don't my parents love me? You know, like you know what I mean? It's like it, it's like I'm sitting there going yeah. like it's like have you ever seen a movie Four Christmases? Right. Yeah. Have you, have you seen yeah. that movie by any chance? If you haven't, it's okay. But like, there's a scene where um, it's like Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. They're going to like four different homes for Christmas. Okay. And they start off by going to um, Vince Vaughn's dad's house. And this sounds vaguely familiar. Keep going. <clears throat> and it's kind of rough. <laughs> yeah. But like Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon, they buy these like extravagant gifts for the families. Yeah, they're for, a couple. For the kids. Yeah, they're a couple of this. Okay. And I'm just um, trying to picture this guy. And then you have like uh, Tim McGraw is like his one of his brothers, and John Favreau is another brother, mm-hmm. and they're like kind of like. Um, Country, you know, like they're they're they're. I can see why I, in fact, haven't seen this movie, but I understand why everyone else has. <laughs> exactly. So get it. So, yeah. but like in the movie, though, like they all they they get the gifts, and um, they they didn't get the memo that they were supposed to keep the gifts at ten dollars maximum. Like, okay. So they were not supposed to go past ten dollars. I think it was. I, I, I could be quoting that wrong, but either way, um, you know, they open the first gift from uh, Vince Vaughn and Reese, and they open it up. And it's like an Xbox or something like that, right? And the, and it was like, wait, what? Yeah, like, you ruined on. the you, game, yeah, buddy. You ruined this whole thing because yeah. we can't afford that kind of stuff. Right. And like, you didn't get the memo? And like, uh, what? No, I didn't get that. Well, don't you check the email? He's like, oh, man, no. And then and then the next kid opens up from his dad, and it's like one of those uh, screwdriver sets from Dollar General. Yeah. And he opens up and goes like, or no no no! It's a flashlight. That's what it is. The flashlight. A flashlight from like Dollar General. He's like yeah. a flashlight, and he turns over. Why don't you love me, Dad? And then he gotcha. takes okay. takes off his clothes and goes running. Like oh, when he gets angry, he takes to streaking. It's it's a great. It's yeah. it's actually yeah. very very funny. But but anyway, this is kind of like I, I look at this very similar to this whole thing. It's like yeah. because you have money, we're gonna flash it, and we're gonna go ahead and we look how great we are, and we're gonna make sure we get the best. Pastor, quote unquote, quote unquote, best pastor. Right. And then you have because pastors. we all know that the best pastor is attracted to lots of money. Yes. Right. Yeah. Is the that best, the implication? There? That is what it, that is what is implied. Okay. There. And so you need somebody of that caliber. So you need to make sure you have something that's flashy. Yeah. And that you're going to draw them in because you have a 1.8 million dollar home. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these pastors who are doing pretty good work in little small places, recognizing that their church is probably. I mean. Some of them have money, some of them don't, right. but the, but they're using their money for other things mm-hmm. that are probably more important to the important to the kingdom of God than you got than pastors eating lunch with the poor. Exactly, you know? and you know, I mean, like, are they going to go like, oh, why don't you love me? Like, no, like, they're, like they're actually going to celebrate. Like, okay, look, that's great. You have one point eight million dollars to waste on a home mm-hmm. that's going to fall apart sure. that you're going to have to keep upkeep. Right, and then there's people all around you who are hungry. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying that this church isn't doing anything to help help those mm-hmm. people because they 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 probably could be I don't know mm-hmm. but when I also hear that mm-hmm. there's a roof leak and the pastor yeah. who's making probably a good amount of money yeah 
enough to pay for a $200,000 Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have a home that's $1.8 million. They're asking every congregation member to put in $100, and he's going to put in 500 because, right. you know, that's a humble move. Five times what we're asking you to do. Yeah, so, yeah, so sure. look at that. Look at me, right? Yeah. I'm yeah, a, sure. I, I can buy a $200,000 Lamborghini, right. but I'll throw $500 in to help for this roof leak because sure. I need to challenge everybody in my okay. congregation to step up. Now, again, this so this is what the newspaper reported, right. and this is what other people are talking about in their mm-hmm. in their community. Because I also saw some comments that were made, like the rumor is right. So it's like rumors have a bit of truth to them. So if you're seeing this stuff and you're hearing this stuff, for me, I'd say okay, let's let's step back a bit. Okay, what are we doing with this money, and why are we doing it this way? If we're looking at John Gray as being a certain caliber of leader, yeah, have we become a business? Oh, or gosh. are we still a church? Sure. Are we a ministry? Are we on mission for Jesus? Are we mm-hmm. trying to sh- to serve the needs of the people? Yeah. Because if we are, then a $1.8 million home is not what we should be doing to entice the best pastor. Yeah. And if, like you said, the best pastor should not be enticed by a $1.8 million home. Yeah. It seems very American, um, you know, in sort of the the business sense. To say that, you know, we, we got to offer this pastor some perks, you know, that's how we get him here, you know. Not that God would lead him there, you know. Not that he, in prayer, would be told what church to lead, you know. But that he would uh, be approached with an offer mm-hmm. of, we've got a $1.8 million parsonage, you know. <laughs> we have some things for you, buddy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, so... So and then okay now for me mm-hmm. I always say this for me because it is my opinion it's of my opinion um, I don't Jared and I speak together we we share this podcast together but but we have our own views on things and so yeah I'm, we don't it, sit here and make sure we agree on everything before yeah. we talk so um, it, we're a little different so I say for me because I because he might share the same thought but for me when I read this when I read this report from Greenville this is what happens they ask John Gray to sit. Um, so first they talked to a person named Travis Hayes, who's the chief financial officer for Relentless. So this is not anything new. This is a practice that is done with every denomination in the nation. That's what this is. This is an asset that belongs to the church. Mm-hmm. So every denomination in the nation does this, mm-hmm. according to him. They purchase a $1.8 million home or an extravagant home. Yeah. Or they, you know, so. I will say this. Uh, there are, are some very expensive church-owned properties out in the world, and I don't actually know the price tag. So. No, and, and, yeah. yeah. I, will, I will say yes to that. Yeah. But every denomination in the world, I think I would struggle to say every denomination in the world does stuff like this extravagant. Right. Okay. I could, say, I could say purchasing a building mm-hmm. to, to have church in, mm-hmm. which... For some, you know, like, like, yeah, I mean, I can see why it's needed. Yeah. Um, you know, I know of a church that has bought a building for almost $2 million, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and that's what they did. And, and, and they're doing great ministry out of it and they're doing great ministry in the community. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not going to knock them for that because they needed it for, 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 for where they were. And, and the opportunity arose for them to purchase this building. They had the assets to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But at the same time, I know that they're not paying their pastor some crazy amount of money. They're not paying for their pastor's home. Or I'm not going to say they're not paying for... I don't know if they're paying for the pastor's home. But I also know that they're not buying their pastor a $1.8 million home. Um, because I know where the pastor lives. That's not a $1.8 million home. Mm-hmm. Um, to look at it as a every practice. Yeah. That's a very bold statement. 
because I do know that there are there are a lot of pastors again who are part of denominations that don't encourage this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it goes on to say this though. So I just want to go into the article because it also says this that Gray through his marketing director. Man, how awesome would that be to have a marketing director? Again, I want, let me be gentle on this. I don't want. I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm attacking him because yeah, yeah, cause yeah. I'm, I'm attacking this practice. Sure, I'm not attacking him because honestly, he's, a, he's a man. He's a part of creation. He, he's yeah. made in the image of God. Um, I struggle with this a lot though because through his marketing director declined a request for comment regarding his church-funded home. And then it goes on in mid-December. Hayes and Gray promised the newspaper editors that he would sit down for an interview after Christmas. Gray has since declined repeated requests to do so. Now, again, above reproach, right? That's what we're called to be as leaders of the church. Yeah. Now, this is, I'm, I'm going to leaders of the church. Yeah. People of the faith are called to be above reproach as well. Yeah. But leaders of the church are held to a higher standard. Yeah. And so when we are called to be above reproach, this is a perfect opportunity for him to step in and say, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for him to be honest about, look, this is, this is where our heart is. But he doesn't want to. That's a sign to me that he number one he knows like okay look this isn't a good thing, number two I like it's he he doesn't want to um, he doesn't want to admit the fact maybe that like yeah this is what brought him here like you know um, and he doesn't want to answer questions about yeah. the faith and how and how it lines up with Christianity because I mean, really, because it that's, doesn't that's a good point I mean if the newspaper just publishes things about you that are are facts and and you think that's a good thing. Shouldn't be an issue, right? You know, it, it should it shouldn't have offended anyone. You know, if the newspaper publishes, you know, how much the Lambo was and how much the house was and what the church's needs are, um, you know, if it drew attention to that and you're like, listen, I'm above reproach, you know, I'm you know, I'm, I'm walking in truth here. Uh, all of my ways are right before God. Then you should just, it shouldn't even be on your radar, right? Yeah. So yeah. it it must have hurt, you know. Yeah, it must have hurt. That's why he's reacting to it. But even like, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, finished. <clears throat> I was gonna say like even even Carl Lentz, right, okay. pastor of Hillsong in New York. Yeah, he went on to the View. Okay, and he knew that they were gonna be kind of jumping on him about abortion. Okay, um, and even about homosexuality, and but he kind of but they they kind of one of the hosts I believe is Joe Joy. Behar. I don't. I don't know. I, I think that's her name. Yeah, I haven't um, watched it since I gave up television. <laughs> uh, I'm still watching Netflix, but yeah, um, but I I haven't seen like normal like morning television in years. Yeah. So um. So so I believe that's her name. I I, I I've never really watched the show either. But yeah. but anyway, he's on there and she kind of addresses to him like about abortion, like like how like like would you say it's a sin? And Carl's like, I like he didn't want to be like. Let's not even jump on that sin aspect. Let's talk about story, right? Okay. Um, which we'll be talking about later on, uh, you and I, in, our, in a episode coming uh, coming up. But it's the idea, though. Like he he knew what was coming, mm-hmm. and he still stepped into it because he knew that he needed to address it. I see. Yeah. And so he wasn't afraid of that. Sure. For me, it's like when I see somebody who declines. Um, an opportunity to speak truth into a situation, right. or at least clarify or put your yeah to give point, their, to give yeah, yeah to give their perspective to yeah. kind of share like this is where my heart is yeah um, I kind of I kind of feel like okay your integrity is lost with me right um, your character is flawed there's there's something missing in that and and so I'm again 
I don't know him. I'm just reading the situation and seeing it being reported. And from a pastoral leadership perspective, um, I'm not going to lie. It's like, man, that's, that's pretty rad to be able to have that kind of money. Yeah. I mean, and then I'm like, this is probably why God hasn't given me that kind of money. Because I'm like, oh, man, imagine what I could do with that kind of money. But at the same time, I'm also going like, dude, with that kind of money, look, imagine what you could do with that kind of money with the people around you who are hungry, the people around you who are, who are struggling. Like, you have a $200,000 Lamborghini. I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm saying if you are doing that, then I'm hoping that you're matching that. Like in in giving to organizations or surpassing that match, yeah. Because I kind of feel like that's where that's where it goes to in my mind, mm-hmm. and I could be completely off on this. Um, and honestly, if you feel that way, comment. I'd love to hear it. Mm-hmm. But um, but for me, like um, that wasn't towards Jared. Sorry, that was towards the audience. Yeah. If you if you are <laughs> if you don't feel this way, comment because because yeah. I'd love to hear that perspective. I'm typing but, my comments right now. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Because like for me, I, I look at it and I say like, no, if if you have that kind of money and you're going to go ahead and buy extravagant things, go on vacations, do all that stuff, awesome, do it. But I'm hoping also that you're taking that money and saying, okay, now I just spent $50,000 on myself. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to match that or surpass that in my giving to a local church, mm-hmm. um, charity, Organization that is serving the needy or serving the the people um, who need who are needing this kind of funding, and maybe that would actually change our perspective on how much we spend on on things. Yeah. Because if I'm saying I want to match, because yes, I I I should be able to enjoy going on vacation somewhere. I should be able to enjoy going and and buying a nice something nice for myself. I should be able to. But I also should think if I'm spending a certain amount of money on myself, yeah. I should be able to spend that same amount of money on others, um, and that's that's challenging mm-hmm. because now it kind of comes to the idea of um, what does it really mean to die to ourselves, right? Oh, yeah. um, when when Jesus says those words, mm-hmm. um, he says, "If any man should come after me, he must first deny himself, take up his own cross, and follow me." Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. Right? I've shared that scripture here uh, before. We read it, uh, and, and you could read it now. Um, but it's that challenge of if we are going to be following Christ, that means we deny ourselves, and the things about ourselves move us towards, oh man, well I deserve, I deserve a vacation, I deserve to sit on the beach, I deserve rest, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. That's all well and good. That's all well and good. I'll say yes. You know what? Like if you work really hard, you might deserve a little bit of a break. I get that. But when you're spending extravagant amounts of money on yourself and you're not willing to do that for other people, you're not dying to yourself. You're caring more about your comfort, your your needs, what makes you feel good. And then you're kind of, well, I'm, I might throw a little bit towards the needy. Yeah. And this is what, and Jesus spoke clearly against that. Yeah. Um, scripture is very clear against that. Yeah. Um, and so that's my challenge, I guess. My challenge too, like for myself, like, like, am I doing that? And I'll be honest, no, I'm not. But now, like, after I read this, I'm thinking, and after I say these words, I'm like, dude, I got to be better at this. I have to be better at this. Yeah. Because if I'm if I'm going to be like, I need to figure out ways. Like, if I'm going to go spend two hundred dollars on clothes for myself that I need, mm-hmm. I better be ready to put two hundred dollars towards 
the needs of another person. Because if I can't, then maybe I need to start figuring out where, where my priorities are in that regard. I don't know. Thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on that? Am I right? Uh, yeah. I see where you're coming from. Uh, I'm a little more on the, on the extreme side of uh, you shouldn't have more than you need. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think this uh, tradition of um, <clears throat> always defaulting to buying the biggest house you can afford I think is an error in judgment on our part as a culture. I think we need the house that we we need or we need to live in the space that we need to live in and we got to figure out uh, a way to uh, use the rest for the glory of the Lord, you know. Mm. And uh, so and I know some people uh, who are very wary of the prosperity gospel also want to criticize the idea of living in poverty and, and dismiss that as the the poverty gospel and say that that's just the the same thing just you know to an opposite extreme mm-hmm. um and i i think uh the way jesus lived is a good example for us and i think the things that he said um really need to be our default he he spoke very often uh, against um the wealthy you know in parables and even in comments after the the rich young ruler, I you know I don't even have to say the uh, I don't even have to say what Jesus said about the wealthy. Everybody knows you know it is easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, and that's just because wealth uh, gets in in your way. You know um, wherever your uh, treasure is, that's where your heart is. You know, and if your treasure is in stocks and bonds and property and you know, biggest thing you can afford, nicest car you can afford. That's where your heart is, mm-hmm. you know. And But if your treasure is given to the poor, poor people, your heart is with the poor, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think probably the story that has affected me most my entire life uh, because of the way it was told to me by the um, wonderful Sunday school teachers I had growing up uh, in my evangelical church. And they said... Uh, she said, told us the story uh, of the widow's mite, they called it in those days, but you know, she put the two little copper coins in the box and everyone's bringing their big bags of money uh, and sacrifices up for the offering, right? And uh, then she comes in, puts in her two copper coins and Jesus marvels that she gave the most because she gave all she had. And, you know, I, I think I heard that story told to me, paraphrased by these these wonderful Sunday school teachers, um, you know, before I had even before I was even old enough to read it for myself uh, in, in the words of Jesus. And <clears throat> that has stuck with me for years. And I've heard really great people say, why do you want more than you need? I think we got to just ask God for to give us what we need. And the rest of it is for someone else. Mm. I, I don't think Christians get to keep it. Yeah. And you can call that what you want. You can label me. Recently, I think people have called that poverty gospel, and I think that's a misnomer. Some people have called that socialism. That's definitely a misnomer and a deep under misunderstanding of both socialism and the teachings of Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which are very different from each other. And um, that's where I am on that, you know. And so I guess a lot of people say, wow, you hypocrite, Jared. You're going around judging these rich people it's hard for me to see it another way though yeah it's hard for me to look at a 1.8 million dollar house and think somebody needs that i don't think anybody needs that or if you're going to have it i'm hoping 
that you're adopting lots of children or, you know, accepting refugees uh, or uh, helping um, uh, foreigners uh, find jobs and giving them a place to live while they do so. I hope that you're doing stuff like that with your giant, giant house, you know. I hope that you're housing missionaries, you know. I hope you're doing something for people who don't have anything. I I think it would be wonderful for a Christian to own a mansion and then constantly put, you know, lots of people in it who need help. Mm-hmm. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, I don't know if that's what's happening with these giant, giant properties, though. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's that's huge. I think, yeah, I think the challenge for both of us is to think through. Um, you know, I think for the prosperity gospel moves people to think about their own wants and desires. Yeah, it's the idea of you know. Like I said, the name and claim it kind of concept is, mm-hmm. you know, you believe that God's, you know, you give to God yeah. in order for him to give you more. He's the vending machine. You yeah. Know? He's the, yeah. you know, he you put your stuff in, you put in your praise, you put in your tithe, you put in your devotion, put in your faith. You're mm-hmm. going to cha-ching, there's going to be a payday soon. Yeah. It's not a 401k, man. You know? Yeah. No, <laughs> so. and it's like, and, and we've created this, this monster has been created for people in America primarily. Yeah. Because this is, I mean, like. This is starting to infiltrate the like you know foreign the the, the third world countries you know you see mm-hmm. like in different like African countries that are mm-hmm. you know that this prosperity gospel is starting to mm-hmm. really move in and people are starting to give and give and give because they think yeah. that if they give then they're going to be blessed yeah and and let's be honest what it is is a spiritualization of the American dream yes and that's what we're marketing around the world man yeah man that's good I think that's going to end up being the title spiritualization of the american dream um but uh but no i think that that's that's very very true and i think that we have to be careful to um to call out the 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 misleading of of Mm -hmm. of people um the leaders who are causing people to think that this is how it's supposed to be yeah because it's not um Mm -hmm. i agree with you that we're not mm-hmm. gonna like we're not meant to keep it. I mean, the first church. What do they do? They put everything out for people, so nobody needed, nobody was, nobody was left, mm-hmm. you know, needing anything because everything was shared. Yeah, it's like they saw that, and people say, "Well, that's the first church. We don't do that anymore." You know, it's like, Ugh. sure, it's like, yeah. you know what? Like that's an element of the first church that should be brought back. You know, like it, is that we put our we put our stuff in the middle and we say this is our excess. You know, mm-hmm. like. I mean, actually, yeah. I, I don't even know if it was really their excess. It was just stuff that they had. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they still had stuff. And because they, they kept what they needed, mm-hmm. and they gave the rest, and they said, all right, if you need this, take it. Yeah. Um, and even in keeping what you need doesn't mean it's not shareable. Right. You know, I, I need a house. That doesn't mean I can't give you the couch if you need it. You right, know? right. So. And, um, you know, I think that we've, we've gotten to the point where we care more about our savings accounts care more about our mm-hmm. 401ks, yeah. we care more about our retirement plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can look at scripture that well, tells us that, mm-hmm. that, that it's important to save, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it is true. Oh, you're absolutely right. There is wisdom in that. Yeah. But, but it's also, what are you saving for? Mm-hmm. Are you saving so much that it's kind of the guy that keep building silos and then he ends up losing his life? It's like, you saved all that for what? Like, no, you're mm-hmm. saving for a purpose. You're saving... Yeah. To take care of your your next generation, yeah, your savings. Or Jesus' was... words, you fool! Your very life is required of you this night, you know. Yeah. In that parable, and the idea was, 
he thought he was given that all that wealth was given to him so he could keep it and enjoy a, a long um, <clears throat> pleasurable retirement and actually it was given to him uh, because he had 24 hours left to give it away yeah. before he just <laughs> meets his maker yeah wow you know that God gives you all this wealth and he you know you better bestow it on other people because you know <laughs> Yeah, you know if you if because you, you know you can't take it with you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, as the saying goes. Yeah. So it's living, living open-handedly. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think again, you have a one point eight million dollar home, two hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you want to do with your money. That's what you do. But to honor the words of Jesus, mm-hmm. you also have to be able be willing to give that kind of money up. Yeah. And if you can't, because you want to be able to buy another mm-hmm. Lamborghini, or because you're trying to, you know, make sure that you have enough nice homes to to, to draw in the, mm-hmm. the next best leaders. Um, you might be missing the point a little bit. Yeah, um, Bobby, if you keep talking like that, somebody's gonna cut you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this pastor is probably gonna be cutting me. Yes, yeah. um, and I'll, you know what, I, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, but it's the, my challenge though for myself as a pastor is that. Um, I lead in such a way that I never feel like I have to like I'm guilting my people mm-hmm. into feeling like that they need to be giving to take care of their pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to have an honest conversation with my congregation this last Sunday about finances in our church. Yeah, um, and I had to share my heart and say like, look, like it's not about money. It's not about numbers. Like it, I, I've never been a numbers driven person. Yeah, I want to see lives changed. Right. Yeah. That's my. That's where my heart is. I want to see people who have shifted their life to f- start following Jesus yeah. and step into their role for the kingdom. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, numbers have become a part of the thing for me where I'm like, okay. Well, the flip side of all this is, um, <coughs> Excuse me. you know, the worker earns his wages, and I do believe that. It's like, you know, uh, pastors, when possible, need to be taken care of. Yeah. You know, yeah. I do believe that. And, and I'm not and I'm not saying that, I, like you know, it would be great, but at the same time, like I, mm-hmm. I had to have the audience conversation, but I had to tell them, though, I'm not telling you this because, you know, I need you here so that way we keep getting funded. Right. Because that's what's being told us. If we don't get the numbers and our funding gets cut, you know, sure. like that's that's a hard thing for me to hold on to. Yeah. But at the same time I want people to know like, well don't start trying to bring in numbers to make to make us feel okay. Um, because yeah. I want people who are coming because they want to grow. Yeah. Not because we're just trying to fill seats. Yeah. I really want to see change occur. And so, you know, whether or not we have the money to pay for rent yeah doesn't mean our church is going to end it just means that we have to shift thinking and how we're going to make it happen yeah 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 but but so it's like that's what i'm saying though like for them it's like i i don't know how they're how they're presenting it to their congregation like well we need to get the best pastor so we need to make sure that we're spending as much money on him so you got to be giving so we can make sure he's paid i don't ever want to do that mm-hmm. because that's not what we're called to do yeah um i want you to be giving cuz you feel um, led to do so because yeah. you feel like you want to honor God with what you have yeah. and we want to honor God with what we receive yeah. and we want to glorify his kingdom in the community and with the people that we serve yeah. and that's where the heart should always be if it's more about we want to make sure we draw in the best leaders then we're missing the point Yeah, it's because no, that's no longer about serving our community and loving the least and caring for the poor clothing the naked feeding the hungry mm-hmm. it's about making sure we have the best leader in there so we draw people in because of how awesome he is mm-hmm. in the public eye or because, wow, he, he has a nice suit or, wow, he has a great Instagram presence. You know, he has a great social media platform or he has the best books out there that people are reading. So we got to make sure we draw him in. It's like, mm, 
we're missing the point. Yeah, That's not at all what the church is supposed to be. Never supposed to be that way. When we make that happen, when it creates that, when we created that atmosphere, mm-hmm. um, that's a monster that has to die. Yeah, We have to kill that monster very quick. Yeah, um, Or it'll overtake us and God's going to be like, what did you do to my bride? <laughs> what did you do to my bride? We basically created a whore. Wow. And that's wrong. Yeah. So, anyway, I think that's my final thought in this whole thing. Yeah. Anything to add? Uh, no, uh, not at <laughs> all. I, I think if any of our listeners are unfamiliar with your metaphors there, check out uh, the idea in the Bible that uh, the church is the bride of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, hey, um, hopefully you've stuck with us, and um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, join us on our Facebook page. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much where you can share yeah. any kind of comment, really, is your Facebook mm-hmm. page. Um, if you are listening to this and you haven't subscribed or you haven't rated us or commented on iTunes, um, please do that because yeah. it helps get our, our um, podcast out there. People follow it and people will start listening. Um, thank you to all the regular listeners, um, mm-hmm. all, uh, I think, 50-something of you that are listening regularly right now. Yeah. but, uh, but Is hey, it 50-something? I, I think that's what the number is. I don't. That's awesome. I, but I just saw that right now. I don't even know if that was the right number. I just, I'm just i just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, I, I, it, it's probably less, but I'm going to say 50. My goal is <laughs> 1.8 million, and that each of them will donate $1 so we can finally get that dream house. Yes, yes. And, <laughs> and, if, and if you do ever feel like you want to give to support our podcast, yeah. because we have some big ideas for this thing, um, let us know, yeah. and we'll tell you how to make that happen. Um, yeah, we would put it into. Uh, we yeah, there are some there are some things on the wish list, uh, but if you can't give it to us, and you got to give it to the uh, to the local homeless shelter, that's, that's, do it. That's cool <laughs> do too. Yeah. Please do that. So yeah, do that before you even think about giving to us. Yeah, if you have anything left over, cool. Yeah, um, Jared and I are talking about possibility of getting some podcast swag. Um, yeah. T-shirts, mugs, that kind of stuff. If you are interested in that, mm-hmm. if you would be like, oh, man, I want that, let us know because then it will push us even harder to figure out how to make that yeah. happen. Um, but anyways, there's a lot of stuff on the horizon for us. We're excited about where this podcast is headed, um, and we appreciate all of you listening. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to the next one because the next one's mm-hmm. going to be even better of a conversation than this one, I believe. Yeah, based on uh, uh, comments, right? Based on yeah. online posts. Uh with questions for us? Yeah, there was a... Okay. Uh, we'll just go ahead and hint it out. We'll just okay. go ahead and say, like, there was a comment that was asked about the LGBTQ community. Yeah. How do we respond to that? Well, yeah. that's coming up next episode, which we'll be recording right after this one, but you won't be able to hear it until a week after you hear this one. Mm-hmm. How awesome is that? So subscribe and you won't miss it. There you go. Boom. Hey, again, thank you so much for listening to the Frankincense Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm Jared. Have a good day, week, month, year. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs>